Welcome to What You Reading Dudes. It's Lauren, Lisa, and Jamie. This is our time to catch up and share what we've been reading and inspired by, hoping to stir some deeper conversations. No one person has time to read every book or listen to everything, but we figure this is a good way to trade ideas, expand our horizons, and maybe inspire you as well. Just a reminder, this is for us, this is for fun, and we are not experts. Enjoy! everyone. Before we get into this week's episode, we just wanted to have a quick disclaimer up front. Demi Lovato, who is discussed in the episode this week, has recently changed their pronouns to they, them. And at the time of recording, we were unaware of that and used she, her, and then became aware of it after the fact. So we just want to acknowledge that and apologize to Demi. And for anyone who may have taken offense to that, it was not a personal intent to misuse their pronouns by any means and we will do our best in the future to research and make sure we're getting the right pronouns for people we refer to so with that said we're gonna jump into it hey guys happy wednesday whenever you're listening to oh i was like (laughs) what thursday happy wednesday but it's wednesday Wednesday but it's thursday future land we are picking our next round of bingo categories for each other. I think we're going to flip a coin. Yeah. Yeah. So to figure out who is assigning whom. Mm-hmm. Just one rule. There are no repeats. So we can't choose one that we chose last week. And if someone already signed the same category today, you can't choose mm. that category. If you don't know what we're talking about, we introed bingo on what episode? Six, maybe? Uh, we introed it on episode Mare? six. Yeah. No. And then, okay. Here we go. yeah, and then we talked about what we read on episode nine. 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 Nice. Wow. So, yeah, let's jump into it. So, let's it. do it. Okay. We're going to flip a coin. Jamie's How flipping, and Lisa's going to pick heads or tails, and I'll be the other. I guess I'll flip yeah. first, and then. And we'll just see if it goes, like, to the left of you or right of you, who you choose the topic for. And then we'll just go, like, if you get right, you'll pick yeah. it for Lauren. Lauren will pick it for me. I'll so we only have one you. flip. One flip for the direction. The direction. And then you flip a coin, and heads or tails will depend on which topic you get. I okay. like Do that. either cool. of you feel strongly about heads or tails? No. Home team gets the advantage. I'll You're both <laughs> the home team. <laughs> I'll be tails. Tails. Okay. Ma'am, your heads. Are we good. ready? Yes. <gasps> It's heads. So Lisa. Ah. So I you choose for Lisa. Okay. okay. All right. I'm okay. ready. Am I ready? Okay, you got it. Yeah. Ready? Heads. Heads. Speculative fiction. Congratulations. <laughs> I was gonna put that as one of your categories. <laughs> so Lisa's is speculative mm-hmm. fiction. What am I gonna pick? Tales. <gasps> Graphic novel or comic? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would be a fun one. That is, because that's not something I would pick on my own. <laughs> Graphic novel. Okay, so now Jamie is flipping and I pick. Mm-hmm. Why do I, I feel nervous right now? <laughs> I should have practiced coin flipping. <laughs> Heads. BIPOC food writing. Yes! Okay. Very cool. I'm so excited to hear what you pick for that. This oh is God, cool. Me too. 
There's some good ones out there. Okay. I get with sports and I'm kind of sad you didn't mm. I was just thinking if I want to go down this way, then I'd have to read sports. But there's so many sports out there. There's like my friends and sports. I have a bet right now about the Olympics has speed rock climbing. Yes. What? Oh, okay. Yes. And real like time, a, a week from excited. Friday is the opening ceremony. Yeah, and I am going to yeah. be glued to this couch. Yes, yes, I'm going to yes. be glued to my TV for the next three weeks. Yeah. It's just going to be on. <gasps> yeah. I'm so excited for this. I know. Oh, I am too. It's been We've been such waiting. Such a long time. Oh my God. I love the Olympics. And I'm working from home, so I can just have hey. the TV on all hey. oh, yeah. day long. I'm just going to move into this table yeah. and just clickety-clack. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Oh, my God. I think, yeah. okay, now we wanted to shout out a couple things. This week, we just want to, before we dive into our main things we brought to the table, we just wanted to bring out, what, special mentions, things that caught us this week. Maybe not, like, stuff we want to, like, dive deep into yet, but... The highlights. The highlights. The highlight reel. Kick it off for us. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast today that really caught me. It was Glennon Doyle's podcast called Our Bodies. I believe that's what it's called. And I know she's super big into body image and she's a lot of her past has made her passionate about that topic, but just kind of went into it thinking like, yeah, 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 same topic about like body image stuff and we put too much pressure on like having a perfect body anyway I don't know it just it was so good it really struck me and at the end she had written a letter to her body about how like the goal of our life is not to have a perfect body our body is like a tool a paintbrush she called it to like do the things in life that we are called to and like have the relationships that we're supposed to have and Ah, it just, I started crying at the end. I was like, this is so beautiful. Go listen to it. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) Shout out. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all have varying degrees of difficult relationships with our bodies. So it was, it was a really good listen. Awesome. I'm excited to listen to it. I guess I'll shout out. I am going to shout out a movie. Hell yeah. And that movie is, I think it recently became number one on like my favorite i think it became my favorite movie this is the first <laughs> recently movie on the i know pod. and Ooh. it's very old i'm <laughs> not yeah. i'm shouting out it. highlighting west side story <gasps> Ooh. i've never seen it it's on netflix it's you should watch funny. it there yeah. is a remake coming out and i'm very nervous for the remake but the original mm. is just it's one of those m- movies and i'm not like I wouldn't say I'm very into musicals. Like, I'll go to them if I feel like it, or I'll watch them if I feel like it, but I'm not, like... There are people that, like, buy soundtracks for every musical ever, and that's, like, not who I am. Mm -hmm. But this... I don't know. This movie just makes me happy every time I watch it, and I want to dance, and I don't know. It's just good. I think it recently became my favorite. I think everyone should watch it. It's got some bops. It'll make you want to dance. It'll make you want to cry. You will cry. You will cry. And uh, it's yes. the best. The end. That's awesome. I love a movie recommendation. Every I don't watch a lot of movies, but every once in a while I'm in a movie Netflix. mood it's and an I don't know what to watch. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I was going to shout out The Nanny because with <laughs> Loki. I love that. No, I love Wait, that. the TV show for Murder the TV Kids? show. Yes. Oh, my okay. God. Yes. Wait. I, Lisa okay. has been watching The Nanny the last <laughs> Wait, couple how? weeks. And I've where? been skipping the intro because I'm just afraid I'm going to get a text like, listen, <laughs> we need to stop watching this show. No, no, no. I love it. I, I think used it's, to watch that show on Nick at night. I all think the it's time. cute that you're just like In watching it. The Nanny <laughs> and like. <laughs> Every day you're like, oh my god, and the nanny, the nanny. <laughs> uh, okay, tell me. So, okay, so in these pandemic times, I tend to oscillate all over the place with what I'm watching, and so I get into moods where I just want some sort of throwback show, and I have no clue what drew me one day to just pick it back up. But they have all six seasons on HBO Max. And so I was really? like, let's do this. And I started <laughs> oh at the God. pilot and I've just been chugging along. That's awesome. I might have it's, to do that. It's good. Obviously, like, I can't really look at it with a 2021 lens because there are some major problems. <laughs> Definitely. But at the same time, I love Fran Drescher. And the cat, oh my God, Niles. The, the, the cast is fantastic. They're really funny. Some of the jokes are pretty witty somewhere you know just like slapstick whatever but I am thoroughly enjoying it um oh my god and okay for the record so they have this whole like will they won't they with the lead characters like Fran Drescher is the nanny and she works for this guy Maxwell Sheffield so like he is her boss and he's older than her but she's like 30 whatever and they drag on this like will they won't they for years years and i'm like can like they have i'm in season three well into it they have kissed multiple times like multiple <laughs> scenarios it's always like some scenario where they're like i'll show you and they like kiss the other person and they're both like whoa and they like wipe their forehead oh my god and then nothing comes out of it or they <laughs> like one of them will make a move like you're really beautiful and then the other one will be like uh -huh. and then it like ends <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh -huh. god and laugh. like in those shows it's like the episode ends and then a new episode starts and it's like they've forgotten like what Every has happened yeah, in the happened. previous <laughs> just yeah. jump just a like, couple weeks whatever ahead. oh my god oh but it's so good the youngest child grace she cracks me up because she they like open up her shtick is that she's in therapy and i guess they're wondering maybe she's like over therapized but i think when this show starts she's like six or seven and she is busting out terms like codependency like like she's so self-aware and as a child that was totally over my head and as an adult it's cracking me up because they come out of nowhere and mm -hmm. like I don't know. It's I don't know how to describe it, but it's really funny to me. And I, I think that, if anything, feels current, that she is so self-aware. Like, that seemed maybe taboo or just, like, only something that rich people could feel in the moment. And I'm like, this is getting way more mainstream now. So, yeah, that's my shout-out. I love that so much. Funny. Yeah, I might have to watch it all from start to end. Because I used yeah. to, like, catch a couple episodes of Nick at night when I was I don't being, think I've like, ever yeah. seen it. I mean, I know who, I have like an image in my mind of yeah. who the nanny is, but. Oh my God. I loved, I don't remember his name at all. Um, the, the guy, boy? the man interest. Oh, Maxwell Sheffield? The the character name? Or yeah, the, the character. Yeah, his name's I Whoever Maxwell. he was, I was in love with him when I was 12. I was oh, like, he is who I want to marry yeah. when I'm 30. The Naked Night Days, yeah. guys. Oh, oh my God. Oh, and they may have had a laugh track, but there is 
like a real audience there and i yeah. love it because there is someone in the background that's like ha, ha, like <laughs> losing it. and it's like okay like some laugh that is so I love it when that happens and i love a like, real audience what, what is happening oh my god someone's laugh is oh just like god. and anytime the two of them have a moment everyone's like ah, like just losing their shit yeah, so why don't we do that anymore? Right? Ugh. Ugh, live studio audience. Yeah. Bring it back. Post-corona. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> but shall we jump into the meat of it? Uh, that's I a guess. weird statement. I'm going to ignore it. <laughs> jump into that meat. <laughs> 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 Pass. <laughs> I love it. I We're having fun. Okay. We're having fun today. We've got about twenty drinks on the table right now. <laughs> so a plethora. <laughs> not all alcohol. No, no. no. It's not, not even coasters. I'd like to mention. No, just majority are not alcohol. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I guess I'll Jamie's up. Kick us off. Hey. I just Hell have a yeah. short little recommendation, I suppose. The TV show Feel Good. It's mm-hmm. on Netflix, and it's two seasons and, like, six episodes, and they're all 30 minutes. So it's very quick watch. I probably watched it all within a week, and that was, you know, two episodes a day, 40 minutes, like, on my lunch breaks. Oh, nice. Yeah, like, very quick. And I really hope, I think there's going to be a season three. I'm pretty sure season one came out in... 2019 and season two came out in 2020 so it's one of those where i'm like did we survive the pandemic i really hope so because it's like it's a comedy but it's also it's one of those comedies that's not a comedy it is funny but you know what i mean it's like insecure where it's real life oh yeah yeah so it follows i don't know if you've heard of them but it follows may martin and fictional non-fictional it's semi-autobiographical Ooh. So if I was Mae Martin, they're mm. a Canadian comic Ooh. living in England. And I saw a special, they have a what's, Netflix special out. I'm sorry, on what's it called again? The TV show is called Feel, Feel Good. Good. Feel Good. Okay. They're a part of a Netflix special. I think it was like comedians around the world or something. Oh, yeah. So if you've seen okay. that, you might have seen yeah, their work. And I, I remembered them vividly and like really enjoyed their comedy. Mm-hmm. So I was just scrolling through Netflix because I needed another 30 minute like comedy show because mm-hmm. I tend to watch those to decompress after oh, work. Yeah. I'll just like put on one episode. Yeah. It's 20 minutes. Not much of your time. So I was looking for one and Netflix recommended it. And I'm really glad Netflix did. I am going to put a caveat in here that um, I think I like if I do use pronouns wrong, I apologize because May identifies as they them. Mm -hmm. And they have come out publicly and said people that use she her pronouns like totally fine with being called a Mm -hmm. she her. They don't care at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the show, May's character doesn't identify as she her but she doesn't identify as they them so the whole first season may basically falls in love with this woman named george and george is straight Mm -hmm. and so it's a lot about how you know there's all the stereotypes lesbians move in really quickly Mm -hmm. you know they fall in love Mm -hmm. within two months and they move in and george like hasn't told her friends that she's dating a girl 
and it's all about oh. like how they're navigating this mm-hmm. and may is a comedian in the show it's yeah semi-autobiographical it so sounds really good mm-hmm. it's so good and lisa kudrow Bam. plays may's mother lisa <laughs> so, um, she's probably in oh. a couple episodes a season that's fun. that so is fun it's a nice little where can we watch this on netflix okay i don't remember good netflix i don't know the actor that plays the dad so may in the show from canada grew up like fairly wealthy her dad is british her mom is canadian she at like 15 ran away from home got super into drugs was a drug addict was also a rising comedian we find out in season two that she was in a relationship with a much much older man when she was 15 or 16 okay so it's kind of statutory rape but like at the time she didn't see it as that so mm. that's a whole part of season two as we find out she kind of has ptsd which makes season one make Just a lot more sense that. okay interesting but so then yeah she moves to england and is a comedian she meets george george doesn't tell her friends that she's dating a woman and it's a whole like thing and it's just funny so yeah, in season two is when May Wait. kind of starts working through. Can we back up for yeah. a second? Wait, re-say that. So, <laughs> so her boyfriend. Or sorry, George is a woman. George is my George bad. George is a woman. My, okay, and May is. It also yeah really? goes into a lot of gender identity because May. I don't think she ever states it in the show. May the character mm-hmm. ever states it in the show, but like she identifies kind of as a woman but season two is a lot of do I identify as a woman I don't know who I identify as mm. and George kind of teaches her the pronouns thing which I don't so yeah May right now is kind of trying to figure out her gotcha. identity their mm-hmm. identity They're if they are they if they are her so, so that's kind of what's going on okay. in season two and also the whole PTSD and it just kind of follows their relationship May mm. and George's it sounds really good. It's really Bring interesting. on season three. I'll probably it's really fun. watch that. That yeah. sounds really and good. I like it a lot. Ooh, yeah. That's yeah. Interesting. It's making me think of some things for like what I brought this week too. So maybe we can okay. dive into some of that too. But I love, love, love having shows where, A, I just love showing more queer representation. But even mm. like all those phases of trying to figure out your identity in so many different ways and questioning and you know yeah like thank you for being real of like I didn't just know right away that this was me and I never wavered from it right I really did enjoy that because they didn't really I could be blurring the seasons because I did watch them back to back but I didn't think they touched a ton on especially like the trans identity Mm. or you know non-binary in season one where season two they really did focus on she's kind of like i don't know Mm -hmm. am am i a girl she like someone will say oh you look like a boy or something and she's like what if i am a boy and then she'll just like keep going about her life or someone Mm -hmm. will be like oh what are your pronouns and may will be like yeah. What are my pronouns? And I like that. Like, I like that. Sh- like questioning May, phase right. is mm-hmm. what we don't see a lot as. Right. Um, yeah. I feel like what we need more queer representation across the board. Definitely. Yeah. But I feel like what we do see, it's someone who kind of already knows what their pronouns mm-hmm. are, or like what, who they yeah. want their identity mm-hmm. to be. And it's, it's nice to see someone who's like, I don't know yet. Because yeah. that's so real. I feel like yeah. a lot of people 
struggle with it for many reasons. Mm-hmm. And if it's struggle not with figuring your out your gender yeah. or your sexuality, maybe it's something else. But we all go through questioning periods of who do I want to be? Who yeah. do I think I am? If you open yourself up to it. You know, yeah. I think about like if you find yourself in a position where you find yourself as like a cisgendered heterosexual person like and you, and you feel fine in that life like you may not even open yourself up to that question of mm-hmm. like do these pronouns Definitely. represent me you know yeah. like or feel alone in that questioning of yeah. not knowing who you are yeah when that's so relatable and i know there's like i mean there's such a stigma in some communities about it and so sometimes you don't even want to touch it. Like you're like, Mm -hmm. you know what? There's enough of me that fits into this norm that seems to be acceptable. And so I'm just not going to push those other parts of me that have questions. And it's just so like life can be very long and it's worth asking those questions. And it's nice to see the reality of maybe I'm this today maybe I actually don't feel that way the next day, you know? Well, it's right. fun. In season mm-hmm. one, they explored that a lot with George because George is a straight woman mm-hmm. dating another woman. Mm-hmm. And so they explored a lot with her, like, am I straight? Am I bi? What does this mean? Does yeah. it mean anything? Is it just you that I like? Maybe I'm pansexual, mm-hmm. like everyone. So it's... Yeah. I mean, I uh, there are people in my life that I know of that had considered themselves heterosexual, and then found themselves, whether it was like a, a fling or a relationship, involved with someone of the same sex mm-hmm. and, you know, weren't even sure what to classify themselves as because they're just like, this is, you know, I, I know I'm very interested in this person or I know I love this person. This is the only person from this gender that I've been with. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if like this one person means this is me blanket statement. Right. And I get why some people kind of choose not to define that at all because in a sense you don't really know. You may not know if you're into trans people until you're involved with a trans person. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And also it's okay to not want to label yourself. I think yeah. as humans we want yeah. to label everything and we want to know what are your pronouns so I yeah. can call mm-hmm. you by the right thing, which is great. But it's also okay to not want to classify yourself yeah. or label yourself because you either don't know yet or you just don't feel like you belong to any. I think about that some because I, I know with pronouns, you know, sometimes people want it really clear because they don't want to offend anyone. Mm-hmm. And I've had many conversations with people about like the new introduction that people mm-hmm. are starting to do of like give your name and then your pronouns right away so that the people you're talking to aren't guessing and there are many people yeah Mm -hmm. and there are many people who are like I don't know why we're doing that and you're like it makes things a lot easier and then you as the person gets to just like put it out there for us yeah 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 it sounds like this show brings up really good it does topics and it's also funny and it's also serious and it's got a great cast and I just highly recommend Awesome. Maybe I'll check out that comedy special that you also <gasps> yes, recommended. I yeah. believe May is in the British category because in real life they do live in England. Okay. Yeah, I'm done. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <Yes, laughs> wrap it up. I like going first. Moving I'm done. on. I know going first hey. is really nice, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay, the book I have today is a fiction book. Yay. It's called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Ooh. And 
And I have to say, I have not read a fiction book this fast in a long time. <gasps> Yay! I was telling Lisa a couple days ago, like, I'm excited to go to bed at night so I can get in bed and read. <gasps> yes! <laughs> oh, my God! It's been so good. This and exciting. As I, it's on my Kindle, and as I just, like, went back to the first cover page so I could look at the cover again, I saw that it was written by the same author as Daisy Jones and the Six. Which, while I was reading it, I was like, this book, that's another fiction book that I read this fast. And I remember thinking, Mm -hmm. like, this seems similar to me in my mind, not in topic at all, but just for whatever reason, (gasps) it just seems similar. And it is the same author. Yeah, I love that book. If you haven't read that one, that's an also total aside, and I'm interrupting, but I think they're making (laughs) a TV show based on it. It's really a really good book. So this one is about an actress, Evelyn Hugo, who's in, it's a fictional story, but she's an actress who starts out in the 50s, I believe, and kind of acts all through her life. But we meet her when she's in her 80s, and she has selected a writer, Mm -hmm. a Stenographer? Oh, columnist? Freelance journalist? A writer? (laughs) A journalist? I don't know. Yeah, I guess a columnist. Yeah, to like write a a piece on her. And this is like unheard of because she's been, I mean, she's a woman of the 50s. She's like kind of mysterious. People don't know a lot about her. They know that she has had seven husbands, which is like, whoa. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, but but we meet her at the beginning (laughs) and she's like, I want you to do this piece on me. And the woman's like, not, she's like probably one of the sub-tier writers at her magazine. She's like, why did Evelyn Hugo like specifically ask for me? And that's kind of the question throughout the whole book. But it's written super interestingly because the writer who's like going to write the article shows up at her house. She's like, okay, like, what's this all about? And Evelyn's like, okay, I don't want you to write a story for your news, for your magazine about me. I want you to write a, a biography about yes. my life. Oh, yeah. So the story is set up in like seven parts and it goes through oh. each of her husbands <gasps> and <gasps> drama at every turn. Yay! But it's so good. Like, as I was reading it, I'm like, Jamie would love this book. Um, Drama. (laughs) Drama at every turn. Up till the very last page, I finished it, and I was like, oh, my God. Wow. Um, The writing is really cool because it's written from Evelyn's perspective. So it's, like, Mm. first person, but every once in a while, kind of like The Princess Bride, you, like, are reminded that there's a narrator. Oh yeah, Ooh, and and I every once in a while, like jumps back to present tense. And the and the girl Monique, who's writing her story, is like, well, then what happens next? Or like, yeah, well, then we can't end the story with this tonight. Like, you need to keep going. And the whole and the whole question throughout the book, which you kind of forget, is like, why, why is Evelyn wanting to write this book about her life, oh. and why did she pick Monique? So I won't spill the deets. Is Monique a secret child? Don't tell me. I'm not going to say anything, but there is something that's revealed at the very beginning, which is super intrigued, is that she's like, I'm ready to like spill all my secrets because everyone who's like involved in my past life and all my secrets are gone now. And so she's like, you know, kind of all of the skeletons in her closet. Yeah, they can come out. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, like what has she done in her life? And seven husbands. Wow. 
<laughs> anyway, that's all I have to say about I it. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to go read it right yeah, now. Yeah, this sounds great. It's a really quick read. I wish I could share it with you guys, but it was on my Kindle. I'm so excited. Go read it immediately. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I can do awesome. that for you. No problem. And then come no. back and let me know. I like the idea of reading, feeling like you're getting really into it from like Evelyn's standpoint. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah. Like jolted like, back. Yeah. 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 Like, whoa. It was, yeah. And all through my mind, I mean, I've read enough mysteries to, to constantly question like the voice of who's narrating. I'm like, is she a reliable narrator? Is the story that she's telling, like, real? What is happening here? I love the idea of, like, this narrator's not reliable. Like, (laughs) the book is broken. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's good. My God. I'm excited about it. I want other people to read it. Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Hugo. Mm. Written by Taylor Jenkins Reed. And that's all. Oh, my gosh. Please close up. Okay, That's so a beautiful cover. Earlier this week, yes. we had a quick chat, and we we're like, "What are people gonna listen to yeah. talk about what this are we week?" About? And I was like, "Oh, you know these like criminology psychology videos." <laughs> and then I changed my mind. I oh. <laughs> listen. I changed my mind up to the last second I mean, every week. <laughs> look, I didn't know what I was talking about until like three seconds before I opened my mouth. So you know, but this is exciting. I I was you know, I was working late and I needed company, so I started a little mini series. <gasps> what is that? I watched. It was only four episodes. I got the. I watched the whole four? thing. In and out, baby. In and out. <laughs> Demi Lovato's mini series on YouTube Originals called i think it's i think like, i've heard of that oh it's so good it came out like three months ago yeah, 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 so yeah, for yeah. anyone who's like i did not super in yeah. the story i'm late to the party but i never arrived see. at the party it's so called, i'm excited to yeah, hear about same. it same oh yeah and latecomers <laughs> we're here to talk <laughs> about it so it's demi lovato dancing with the devil and so there are four <sighs> episodes and so i would say the overarching topic that comes in and out of these four episodes and and where it starts and where it ends is a lot about her substance abuse and Mm -hmm. so she famously overdosed one night in 2018 yeah and so they dive into what led up to that moment that moment her recovery which like literally is a miracle and like afterwards and going on through there so i can give like a very quick synopsis so basically for anyone who doesn't know demi lovato started as a child actress and mm-hmm. singer she was on disney channel disney. primarily yeah. sunny with a chance yeah mm-hmm. and like camp and rock, camp rock. And camp rock and these other shows i i don't think i ever even watched but i th- i think like the early aughts like 2007 08 yeah, 08, yeah. And so she had a bit of an acting career, and then I think that started to taper, but she has just become, I mean, she is this singing powerhouse. She is. She is incredible. And I have, you know, I didn't watch her or follow her too closely when I was a child myself, but I have always really enjoyed her music and Mm -hmm. her voice, and her songs definitely get me through my runs sometimes. (laughs) That's her story on on the outside. On the inside, she had... Her, her birth father, it was not, 
I would say like the healthiest relationship. So I think they had a bit of an estranged relationship. Her father did beat her, her mother. And I will say for anyone, like for any sort of trigger indications, like we may be talking about abuse, sexual abuse, suicide. So just if this is not for you, feel free to skip ahead or, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll see you next week. But yeah, so she had a really complicated relationship with her father. And then like as a child actress also experienced, oh, and even before she was an actress, she was in pageants from like the age of six. And so what she was describing is all of that was leading to just like just a complete decimation of her self-confidence and self-worth. And then she went through some traumatic experiences as a child actress, including some sexual encounters that started consensual and ended not so. And even when she kind of told people about it, nothing came of it. So between that and then her father passing away when she was really young, she just started to develop eating disorders and substance abuse and has basically gone back and forth with it throughout her life. And so the documentary or the miniseries kind of talks about some of those things and basically shows that she was really almost on a breaking point in 2018. And it's interesting because I went into it thinking it was maybe like celebrity life or like being famous and Mm -hmm. the like high end maintenance demands of everything that's involved in that life was getting to her. I don't actually think that was it. I think it was really untreated trauma that kept showing up and then was getting amplified in ways. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so she just, she had set up this environment with so much control of her like eating habits to make sure she didn't slip or, you know, Mm. keep her sober. And I think the more in her eyes, the more rigid that control became, the more she wanted to break out of it. Yeah. And so, you know, you cut to this night when she overdoses and she's actually like taken advantage of in multiple ways and is given drugs that are stronger than what she was looking for. Even though like, I mean, she was, using hard drugs but like one of them was heroin and was laced with fentanyl she believes and like essentially she shouldn't have lived through that night like Mm -hmm. and it I have to say this miniseries was very touching very eye-opening I was just like on the edge of my seat and there I felt like they were being very authentic and real Mm -hmm. and really honest about what was happening I mean she experienced like three strokes in a heart attack and has lost partial vision in her eyes like because of that one night and it's like a miracle that she survived and she has re i mean she has come so far from that moment to be like performing at the grammys in 2020 and which her performance blew me away like so she actually sang a song in the 2020 grammys that she wrote i think it was like days before that overdose and when she sang it there I literally, like, I remember hearing that my, like, my dad forwarded it to me. He was like, this song, she's so talented. I'm like, yeah, I know. It hit me to my core. And I was like, someone needs to talk to her. Like, she, she is like, if this isn't a call for help, I don't know, I don't what, know what it is, is. Yeah. you know. But she was singing it as, like, a comeback, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, but the miniseries is so interesting because you would think, like, after that overdose and after, like, she made all these changes and everything afterwards, And then at one point she relapses and she even goes back to the person that took advantage of her 
and was trying to find power through like, I'm going to relive this experience, but through my terms. And it only made it worse. Like, you know, it just like brought up the pain again and it didn't like heal those feelings. But she has been on this like, it, it seems like a healthy journey after that. Like she went into rehab. She has a new manager and they really just go into her recovery. You can just tell like you can see her getting healthier with her state of mind. And in one of the interviews, she's like, what I was looking for in those drugs and in food, like I was never going to get it because what I was looking for was spiritual growth. And I wasn't getting it in any of those, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. And and she had her moments where she was like, I forgot what it was, but there were, there were some drugs she had one night and she realized that that wasn't strong enough for her. And that's when she knew, like that was a turning point for her to just be like, what I'm looking for is not here, you mm-hmm. know? She talks a lot about, she does talk about the pressures of just being like the role model that you are as a celebrity. And she brings up like with Disney, like yeah. this whole purity member thing, which I, I honestly like, I don't even remember that, but all I these, remember do you remember huge yeah. thing? I remember like the Jonas, the Jonas brothers, brothers. Yes. purity brings. Yes. yes. It's led to so many problems. So many problems. Oh and like God. her, like the traumatic incident she had was like within a couple months of that moment. And she's like, well, what am I going to do? Like I, I was 15. Yeah. Like I get this oh ring and then God. like suddenly be like, hey, by the way, this is no longer true. And yeah. it was like traumatic, you know, mm-hmm. like I know. And I think so you really see her towards the end. Like she is really trying to break free from so many of those standards that have just like kept her in Mm -hmm. for so many years and I I feel for her because I mean that's like her entire developmental growth has been in this very damaging and impactful setting yeah and it's crazy because the documentary just like it it kind of left me unsettled because you would think at the end she's like oh, I'm sober, I'm not doing this Happy, anymore. Healthy, and yeah. for the record, I'm not a case manager. I don't know what's a good, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not judging. I am I was more, like, intrigued, but, yeah. like, she's actually not sober. Like, and her reasoning is, and she's talked this through with her, her case manager as well, is, like, if I tell myself no, I, ju- I know I myself. Yeah, and so she... She's obviously, like, she says she's not doing, like, hard drugs. She's only doing certain things. And she communicates with her case manager all the time, like, even if she's just starting to feel down. But then the the people who make the documentary start clipping in previous clippings of her saying essentially the same thing. Oh, and no. I'm just like, ugh, oh, like, no. I get it, but, like... Why do you have to leave us on that oh note? My God. You know, that's how it ends. More or less, I feel like mm-hmm. that's how. Yeah, that's kind of how they leave it. Yeah. But, but before they get to that point, when they show her like breaking free, they mm-hmm. show her like coming into her own questioning with identity and her own queerness. And she gets this new house, and they're walking around, and they're like, "Oh my God, this is so gay! Like, yay! <laughs> like, this is so you!" And they show. I, don't I don't remember what the last scene was, but she also gets a haircut, which I think we've like she's had short hair for a couple months now. And I don't know. It just it makes me th- a I just like was feeling so much for her and mm-hmm. all these things. But it's also just made me think a lot about this toddler to train wreck pipeline that we've seen, you know, with uh-huh. like Brittany and oh, there's this other like this dancer that has this amazing 
YouTube video. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Allison Stoner. So she was like really young. She used to dance with Missy Elliott. And the name sounds so familiar. Yeah. If you look her up, if you're a kid of the 90s, I think you'll be like, oh, yeah, I know her. But she, you know, had her own struggles. And she, oh, yeah. Yeah. And she has a very insightful video where she not only tries to illustrate what is adding to this toddler to train wreck pipeline beyond the like sexualization that you know we see in a lot of actresses but also offers solutions on how to try to help mitigate this and i i don't know i don't i don't have like solutions or a final thought on this but it's i think the topic of child stardom and just seeing the impacts of people that we're more or less idols that are, are humans, you know, but are, are now adults and we're seeing the impact of the trauma that they've been enduring for our entertainment. Like, yeah, you I've know? been thinking more. I've been like deep diving on the Britney stuff as oh, yeah. as it's like she's yeah. been going to court and trying to dissolve her conservatorship. Mm-hmm. But I've been thinking a lot about the media is more or less doing this Mm -hmm. but we're playing into that because we want it and we are the the audience right that like the media companies are doing this for yeah we're consuming it we're like we are indicating through our purchasing power and whatever what we watch and and destroying people's lives yeah you know like when we saw miley go from like disney child actress to trying to break out i remember seeing her i think it was after that award show where the she vmas was, the vmas thank you i was like mma no the vmas <laughs> 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 different show um, yeah i i remember thinking like this girl's gonna break down and i d- i didn't even know this term at this point but you yeah c- like you can kind of feel it when someone's like breaking free and i think that was years ago and i'm looking back at even those slots with very different lens of like she really had to like push herself out of that box because no one was gonna like she had to make a strong stance you know it's and there's so many childhood actors and actresses that if they don't really separate themselves from that childhood role they can get boxed into it but you also still have to keep it a part of you or else it's like all of that was for nothing and you're just starting Mm. over as an adult actor actress from scratch so yeah (laughs) yeah I mean I've I don't think this way anymore but I think in years past especially with the Miley stuff and I guess when Demi was going through all of that years Mm -hmm. ago I'm like oh that's sad like another child I mean you just kind of assume it's gonna happen now because that's the way all child actors and singers go and now I've like really come to the realization that it may seem like oh yeah I mean, they chose that life, so mm. sucks to suck. But it's but like, they but they didn't. They didn't. They, they didn't. had no yeah. idea. And either way, even if you did choose that life, like I hear actors and actresses talk about it, like they maybe they did choose to be an actor or actress, but they didn't choose the like insane media coverage right. and the hounding and the the death threats right like that's not mm -mm. and it doesn't matter who you are and what you're doing for a living like no human being deserves to be treated that way oh it makes me so sad well and even in our culture now we're like i mean you were like wrung out to dry 
with any misstep you know people mm-hmm. are i i feel like we're trying to open it up more to allow forgiveness and not instantly canceling anyone who makes a wrong step but that's so much pressure and also to your point like even as a child even if that's something that you consciously know you want in the moment that can be a lifelong decision that you just you have not lived long enough to really understand the ramification of all. that exactly know? I think about that too in the social media realm families that are like influencer families that mm-hmm. basically exploit their children yeah. for views and profits and you know that's pretty I feel like that's pretty new in our world it to, is you know so like give it 10 years and we'll come back to this like you know I I don't know how all of that plays yeah. out but it's scary yeah yeah I've thought a lot about I mean I can't imagine having children right now Mm -hmm. in the with the internet in the way that it is but wow how much harder if your like livelihood is on the internet yeah and it's it's not like you can just I mean a lot of these people have built their business on their family Mm -hmm. so it's not like you can just show your own face and your kids are left out of it like your business is your family right there's one like youtube family that i really enjoy and I, i think they try to keep their children out of it like they're not just like bringing the kids on for views but Mm -hmm. the kids aren't completely removed from it either and they are a little bit older I mean you have like a teenager and like an older middle schooler I don't know it's it's hard too if like you are branding yourself as a family person and then never bring your kids on like because there's a whole desire of authenticity or curated Mm -hmm. authenticity and if your kids are never showing up you're not seeing that relationship as well or if you are sharing about your kids how are they choosing what is being shared and what's not that's Mm. still authentic like I don't want my mom on the internet talking about awkward teenage Lauren (laughs) like that is sounds like my worst nightmare oh my god well and like what if she makes a video and you're like mom I really don't like that video and she's like oh my god it's so good though it's gonna get so many views and it goes out there and you or even all like like, give you a portion of the money like oh yeah and you're like what do I need but (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's Uh, just such a weird world right now and it's hard because I do consume a lot of that kind Mm -hmm. of media because I do like following families right (laughs) and I'm curious about other people's lives but it's difficult between yeah that the influencer world we're we're in the wild west and with child actors like it's not like we can just like ban that all together just like no more kids like but I definitely think we need to have that conversation you know and even when we're in the social media realm it's very hard to discuss rights and such because you don't even have rights to your data in some places you know totally your children also have rights as well and it's hard because they don't always have like they can't always compete with the knowledge of a parent because they just don't have that background right and you like a lot of times with children you don't even know like I mean it's your parents they want the best for you so like why would you question yeah Yeah. and I mean how much there's I feel like there's so much trauma out there that's like a you didn't know better but b like you trusted them it seemed right and even though you were feeling uncomfortable they were like no no it's good and just kind of minimize those feelings mm-hmm. and that just turns into a lot of like suppressing what you feel and then as an adult you got to unpack it and you know yeah. try to recover yeah. 
Mm. I know, real bummer. We don't have kids. (laughs) We don't don't have kids. (laughs) But I I will say, too, on the documentary with Demi Lovato, I mean, they hit home, like, early on when they're talking. Because they bring on, like, best friends, family, managers. They brought on so many people, which was great. Yeah. And they really, the people who were so close to her hit home how well she hid the secrets. Because I think when all of this came out, People were trying to throw blame where they could, you yeah, know. Yeah, I listened to a podcast with her former dance manager. Yes. yes. Which when I was listening to the podcast, I was like, I don't know who this is, but just yeah. listening. And that's what she ended up talking about was like it ruined her dance career. Mm-hmm. She couldn't find jobs after because a lot wow. of the blame was put on her because she was Demi's dance manager, but also her best friend. Right. And the night that she overdosed, she went to her party. Like, the dance Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, oh. But it wasn't her. Like, she went to that party, and then I mean, it ended could... early that night. And, and then, then she, she called her else. drug dealer yeah. at, like, 530 in the morning. Yeah. And that dance manager talks. Like, oh they were God, all. That's so terrible. I know. And so she, I mean, they couldn't emphasize enough how, like, relatively innocent her party was yeah. compared, you know. And Demi even asked her dance manager and I think a friend a mutual friend who was there to stay and they were kind of tired and they're like no you know like let's let's go on a hike later let's do that you know Mm. and she's like okay and they said as they were driving away like they stopped the car like half a block away and they're like you feel like we should have stayed right and like yeah I feel really weird like we should have stayed and they both had this weird feeling but then they were like she's an adult it's fine Mm. it's fine Mm. and then here we are you know like yeah yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, but one thing they hit on to, A, like they provide resources at the end of each episode for anyone dealing with an eating disorder or dealing with depression or like substance abuse. But one, one point they make, too, is like the person who is going through that, you can't push them to get sober. And yeah. I think that no. is such a hard thing to feel and experience when you have a close relationship with someone because all you want you just want them to be as healthy as they can be and you know so many times you want to just like pull them out of it or let them just see it the way you see it yeah but it's obviously like I think Glennon Doyle on her podcast has said something because she's she's been through AA and oh yeah and yeah and she said you and I think there was an episode on substance abuse maybe she said you can't love someone into sobriety or like whatever it is yeah like you can love them but no amount of doing anything or loving is going to make to make them do something without their own Mm -hmm. yeah you definitely feel that it's so hard yeah like yeah like there were a number of like the friends and managers that were like you know, maybe I would occasionally say something, but I didn't want to push too much because then I'd be the asshole. Yeah. And then not listen to it all. It's really rough. It sounds good. Yeah, it, w- it was very good. Was there like a specific title? Or I guess I can just... Dancing Gordon. with the Devil. Oh, yeah, you said that. Um, and four episodes. There are four episodes, and cool. they dive through losing control, five minutes from death. Like, when they found her Ooh. that morning, mm-hmm. like there was a point when she just turned she was blue like completely and like hearing the story of just her like in the hospital like and it's crazy too so like the ambulance comes gets her and like she's in the hospital and she's like breathing and the doctor is like 
you know, we'll see what happens in the next 24 hours. And we're like, what do you mean? Like, you know, like, obviously she's alive. She survived. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. Like when you're dealing with an overdose, I think they were talking about like the lack of oxygen that you get to your brain. Like they had a quote, it was like time is brain. So like they were, you know, they were doing dialysis on our blood and like cleaning it out as much as they could. And we're just trying to like, they had doctors dealing with her brain, dealing with her organs, dealing with her eyes. Like she had multiple organ failure too. Like it, it was incredible. Like in in a very like heartbreaking way, you know? And it's just crazy too, to think like, even if you get the ambulance there on time and you're at the hospital and you're breathing, like you're on this timeline that is just going right now. And yeah. you're just, and the doctors yeah. can only do so much at some point. Demi just has, her body just has to pull yeah. through. Mm. Oh gosh. That's scary. So crazy. Obviously like I only have the lens of what is put out there. Like I don't know her personally and, mm-hmm. but I do really appreciate her honesty or what she's putting out there and even just like you know what I'm not sober and like mentioning the points when she was struggling because for a while she was the voice of like bipolar she was misdiagnosed as bipolar when she was young and so I remember that I was gonna ask you about that because I was like I swear I remember her being bipolar but then I was like maybe I'm just making that up so she was misdiagnosed she touches on that yeah I can't remember exactly what it is if it was a bunch of undiagnosed trauma that was just like mm. showing up in different ways. And because she was just reacting to the trauma. Yeah, basically. because she was a teenager. She was dealing with like the aftermath of being sexually abused and then mm-hmm. not listened to about it and then had to keep working with this person. And like, oh, you my. know, and there was just like no help in a way, you know. Yeah. And, and I can imagine if she yeah. misdiagnosed too she may have been put on like medication heavy medication to control that which was not even the issue and then became a poster child for something that later like she finds out maybe she's not a part of you know but oh it's it was really good check it out (laughs) and check out her 2020 grammys performance okay it's so we'll link we'll link it yeah on that note Take care of yourselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll have all of the links that we mentioned in the show notes on the website. Oh, yeah. What's our website? Email us. Oh, W. No, what's your reading? reading Sorry. What's your reading dude.com? I mean, real talk. What's your reading dude.com? No, no, no. What's your reading dude.com? I heard it here. Emails wrdpod at gmail.com. Yeah. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. If you have anything that's inspiring you or bringing you joy that you want to share with us, please send us an email at wrdpod at gmail.com. Maybe we'll feature you on the pod. And follow us on Instagram at wrdpod as well. If you're looking for more information, you can find all of our show notes and more on our website, whatyoureadanddude.com. Music for this podcast was created by Kalindo. You can follow him on Instagram at The Real Kalindo. Stay inspired and we'll see you next week.